Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Right Now Ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Today's guest, Dr. Damon Francis. He's a licensed physician who splits his time between being the director of homeless services for the Alameda Health System and being the chief clinical officer with Health Leads, a national medical innovation hub. He really does this doctor thing. And as an African-American physician, Working in a field where black folks only make up 5%, Dr. Damon takes his work seriously, especially when it comes to health statistics. One of the really unfortunate things about the homeless crisis is it really heavily disproportionately affects black people. Here in Alameda County, I think we're about 10 or 11% of the population and we're about 50% of the people experiencing homelessness. And in this time when deaths from COVID are disproportionately high for African-Americans, and fresh on our minds are uprisings in response to instances of police brutality, I figured right now would be a great time to talk to Dr. Damon about his work and more. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit Donate dot kqed dot org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks so is there any way that you foresaw that you'd be a doctor doing this work that you're doing in the midst of the biggest pandemic of our lifetime so far i definitely didn't foresee this in particular i will say 
I started out in homelessness working in healthcare for the homeless in Alameda County Public Health Department. Among the things that we did train for and talk about and think about were like pandemic preparedness. When I started uh, interning with the public health department was right after 9-11. In medical school, there was all this like bioterrorism funding and emergency response and sort of thinking around that. And that was probably the last time in my life that like conversations that, you know, we're having now in the coronavirus were were really prominent. But Oh, wow. So you really got your feet wet around like anthrax scare time and all of that, right? Anthrax scare time. Exactly. I was finishing residency around the time of the H1N1, thinking about malaria, thinking about HIV, and thinking about how all of these diseases have emerged. And really, the only one we've ever contained is smallpox. And so the honest prediction is, like, these things are going to keep coming. They're going to keep affecting us as human beings. We have to be prepared for them. And even still, probably as, as much as any person in our society, you know, that's not like in the middle of doing this work every day could be like prepared for this. I was probably prepared for this and I'm still like taken completely off guard. Do you have any words of wisdom that people still gather? You know, I know it's real popular to still hang out by the lake and stuff like that. One of the things we've learned a lot, I do HIV medicine is like not to demonize like core human behaviors. We want all of our patients having an excellent sex life, you know, like that's just like core to what we do in HIV medicine. And then, and then we talk about, okay, how do we do it healthy? Right. And so I think gathering is the same thing. Like, I'm not going to demonize gathering. Like, people need each other. And, you know, that's just going to always be true of human beings. I think doing it outside is particularly helpful. You know, we're seeing that even that six feet of social distance that's recommended if you're inside, depending on air flows, the virus may travel 15, 20, 30 feet even. So if you're outside, you're socially distanced six feet and you're wearing a mask, you know, and then you're limiting the number of people that you gather with. You don't want to gather in big crowds. You don't want to gather with different groups of people all the time and be the person who's like typhoid Mary spreading it from one group to another group or anything like that. You want to make sure they're also doing the right things to protect themselves. And, but we're only seeing right now, right? Like, I imagine that there's going to be long-term effects from this. Like, I know personally, I've been drinking a lot more. And I just keep joking with myself, like, 20 years from now, there's going to be a knock at my door. And this is going to be my liver being like, hey, you remember 2020? Yeah, run that. Like, you you messed me up, bro. So, like, the long-term of impact of what's going on, what do you what do you foresee? Man, there's this great article that uh, this listserv I'm on with, like, people who do global health work. Someone sent it out. It's written by an Alaskan native, I think in the 60s. He became an alcoholic and he lost his son in his mind in relationship to his alcoholism. He wrote this lengthy essay that just breaks down the complete destruction of his culture by a flu epidemic. And then he traces his own personal life and what's happened with epidemics of alcoholism in his own community back in this really, really just profound way. And I think you're absolutely right to talk about these effects, not even just over the course of 20 years of a single lifetime, but I think we're going to be asking ourselves these same questions about intergenerational dynamics. What's happened to Black culture as a result of what happened in the coronavirus? And I think some of those effects may be positive, some of those effects may be negative, but you know, I think as you're pointing out, we don't necessarily know yet, we just know there are going to be some effects. This has been a a weird time period where like, I've always, you know, always had the in my back to like question politicians and why they give certain messages. But you as a medical expert, do you like watch the news and get like, I don't know, do you have like a knee jerk reaction? You're like, oh, that's 
Absolutely. I mean, when people are talking about, you know, ultraviolet light and injecting, you know, cleaning substances into the body and stuff like that, and who have, you know, prominent national roles as a, as, you know, as someone who's responsibly trying to help people as much as possible with information, you know, to make their own health decisions. Absolutely. And to collectively make health decisions. Like that's one of the things about this virus is we have to collectively make decisions too. So we got to trust each other on the decisions we're making. Does it weigh on you? I mean, I imagine, you know, you have the knowledge, you do the the frontline work, and then I imagine it has to have some type of weight on your shoulders as well. You know what? It, it hasn't been a new weight from coronavirus, honestly. I mean, this disproportionate deaths among black people, among people of, you know, low social status around the world, no matter where you are, you know, if it's the Maoris in, in New, New Zealand, you know, it's the same story that we have as black people here. You know, some of the solutions are obvious, right? Like we just need to we need to equitably give people the resources you need to be healthy. My frustration with like the reality of us creating a society that's so far away from that. I've lived with that frustration for so long that not a lot feels new in the coronavirus epidemic to me around that. And if anything, the the more the feeling I have more on a day to day basis is like Woo, finally other people are waking up to this. Like, and we're about to do something about it. You know what I mean? Damn. Do you feel like that coupled with the recent uprisings uh, in regards to police brutality and holding racists accountable and questioning uh, racist systems, do you feel like it's all kind of culminating? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think there have been times just lately where I just feel caught up in the whole swirl of it. And like, it is all this chance to like, really re-examine, like, what is the society about? How are we supposed to care for each other? How are we supposed to tend to each other's wounds? Um, how are we supposed to keep each other safe? I mean, these, these sort of core concepts, they apply to, like, everything we're seeing, whether it's the police violence, essential workers, and how they're being treated, or whether it's the virus itself and what it's doing. Thank you for your time and for your work, Dr. Damon. To keep up with him, you can find more information at kqed.org slash right nowish. Oh, and while you're there, you can also find our new story idea submission form. We'd love to hear about folks in your community who are doing work that deserves some shine. One time for the home team. Right now is producer Ashley Ann Krigbaum, editor Jessica Plachik, the higher ups at KQED, Erica Aguilar, Holly Kernan, and David Marcus. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Y'all be well. Peace. Right Nowish is published by KQED. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. 
They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 